This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Working Class on DeerCast. I am here with my buddy Judd McCollum. How's it going? We're here to do, we're doing a BS session. Mm -hmm. You're a good guy to do BS sessions with because you know a lot about random stuff that you might not know that you know. Yep. Yep. That might not make sense, but uh, Judd, we, you, you're known in our community as the Mammoth Tusk guy. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're also the admin on the Working Class Bowhunters Facebook group. Yep. One of the admins. One of the admins, yeah. So you're like maybe lead admin. Now there's we got three good admins. Yeah, there. it's a it's a team effort. So if you post <laughs> in our Facebook group, Judd probably sees it. Sean Polk probably sees it. Dan Smeltz probably sees it. I just don't have time to it's, monitor everything. It's a lot, and I don't even do much. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in, that comes through there, though. Yeah, there is. So if you're not in that group, working class bow hunters on Facebook, uh, go in there and fill out the questions. Do the questions, or you're, I'm just saying no. You're gone. It's just to keep out. Um, I don't know how to say this without being offensive. Um, yeah, I don't either. Hackers. Yeah, hackers. Hackers from, is from good. other countries. People running the uh, questions through Google Translate. <laughs> They're kind of worded in such a way it doesn't come through that well, so like they have trouble with answering. Have it. you noticed the? Uh, fake spams. They look. They're getting better at it. The I have this bow from my grandfather, and I'd like to give it to Pass someone. It on and yeah, yeah. I, I just need their information. Yep. The, uh, that I, that was pretty good. Like mm -hmm. they did their research on our group on like how to like, and I'm sure that's an like every tug group. at the heartstrings or whatever. Yeah, I, right. I proved one of those, and then a bunch of guys are like, hey, they're doing this on a lot of the other sites too. So just heads up. Yeah. So like I, I just approved one the other day where a guy just posted a picture of a bow and I was like that's great but if you try to sell it you're a goner yeah well, <laughs> you gotta be you gotta be straight about it you know um, people that know you from so we did a podcast when the studio was in my house my yep. other house um, other house the house before we got the studio I guess yep the studio's always the been studio. in my house yeah the, the old studio yeah <laughs> um, 
And we did one called the Mammoth Tusk, and you're known as Judd McCollum, the Mammoth Tusk guy. Yep. And I love that story. I think every time that we hang out, like it gets brought up. So I think for people do who didn't weren't a listener then or mm-hmm. haven't gone back in the library, I want to touch on that for Deercast because yeah. it's one of those things that's not hunting related, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. And it's very uh it's outdoorsy yeah. related and what you can find in the woods in Illinois. Absolutely. So if yeah, you want to, anyway. I don't know how you, however you want to tell it, man, as much detail as you want to go in. It's been, mm. dude, what episode was that? Do you remember? Four, it's early. 416? Oh, so it's not that, it's 100 episodes ago, 100 roughly. episodes, yeah. So it's not that long ago. Feels like a lot longer. But. It does, doesn't it? So break it down, because when I say that, I know there's people that are like, oh, it's Judd, the Mammoth Tusk guy, mm-hmm. and then there's probably... 40% of our listeners that might be like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the percentage would be. but I don't know. So, uh, okay, so we're having a drought year 2005. I was in a college biology lab, walked into the creek, and I tripped over something, and I reached down to feel it, and it turned out to be a mammoth tusk. <laughs> so that's a really condensed version of it, and um, I've just – the whole story is like I've spent my entire life in water or like around creeks and around lakes and fish, and I was a – big into fishing when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I always just I love Jurassic Park and I was always just looking for stuff and uh so you know a couple of decades worth of reaching down into water and grabbing hold of logs or whatever it's down <laughs> random there. things that might just be random stuff that might be something you know yeah, just, it's it's like the equivalent of going out shed hunting and it's that stick that just takes your breath away like you just know it's a shed and then you get yeah. like four paces away from it and you're like I'm a yeah, but you know, this to me, this falls in the category of like kind of like shed hunting, yeah, arrowheads, um, agates. There's so much stuff out there to find. You just got to kind of realize. I feel like there. we take it for granted. Yeah, right. Granite, granite, <laughs> rock joke. Son of a bee. I didn't mean to do that, but I like it. but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I never would think I found I could find a mammoth tusk, or I actually. After I killed my bird with Chandler, we yeah. did find an arrowhead, and I've never ever found one until then. And it was awesome. the tip was broke off, but it was one of them like, whoa! I've I've always wanted to like be a part of that. Yeah. So you get that, one in your hand, and like you can feel yourself going back in time. With yeah, it's it. cool. So feeling. many questions come up, and he's like, man, it was in the road. He's, he goes, you know how many times I've mowed over this and drove over the spot. You get one good hard rain, and mm-hmm. up pops of an arrowhead. Yep. But uh, so. You pull this mammoth tusk out, mm-hmm. and then everyone's like, "What the hell is that?" Or did or, did you yeah, know what it was? I, I knew exactly what it was because it was broken three pieces, and there were we had, there was actually part of a uh, second one, and like just the the general outside of it was kind of mossy and kind of I don't know looked like a log. I guess it didn't feel like a log. Like it had been the, in water for hundred yeah some, had some couple hundred years had some plant growth algae and crap on it. Um, but the ends of it were ivory white, and they had, like, streaks of, that were cobalt blue, and there was some really deep, like, rusty red color to it. And I'm like, that's ivory. Mm-hmm. That's tusk. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. And so I horsed the sections across the creek and uh, set them down on the bank, and I yelled over to my professor. I was like, hey, I, f- I found a tusk. And he kind of glances over, and you know, there's a whole bunch of other students out there doing stuff that aren't nearly as proficient at being outside as I am. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so they're like struggling with it. Yeah. And uh, he kind of looks over, he's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a part of a tractor tire. Good job. Get back to work. And so I was like, you know, I got it all laid out, tusk shaped, whatever. And I was like, hey, come come look at my tractor tire. Yeah. He came over and just about had an aneurysm, you know. But he did. 
Oh my gosh, it was it was probably pretty close. He's trying to like keep people working. Like no no no, get get back to work. Keep keep doing your class. Yeah, right, me and Judd right. are doing this. He's We're like, looking at tractor tires. All right, fine. Everybody come over and take a look at it. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, you know so. And then we had it just so happened that the, the one of the world's experts on mammoths and mastodons and stuff was working at the state museum at the time. So within a couple of days, what are the chances of that? I I don't know. I still think that's a huge coincidence. But well, yeah. I mean, how a, many of those guys are there in the country? There can't be that many. He's a cool dude, too. He's a little Harley guy. He's about probably, you know, five, six. Did he have and, a big mustache? No. I just pictured a guy into that type of thing would have like a big, like, historian type mustache. He had kind of like a Vincent Price vibe about him, but okay. he's, a, he's a kind of a small guy. And mm-hmm. like, he had had, <laughs> it was really funny. He always bring up that he had a Teflon coated abdomen from some sort of accident or surgery. Like he had a big Teflon sleeve inside of him. What? <laughs> I don't know. Just interesting cat. I don't know. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, you know, scientists are people. Everybody thinks that they're in a lab coat with a clipboard yeah. and all serious all the time. But yeah. he was actually chasing us around the wet lab at the State Museum with a little, like, mammoth-shaped squirty toy, just giggling like a little just kid. messing with you guys. Yeah, just, just, being, just being a person, you know? So what did he say about it? He walked up, and he looked at it there on the, on the sandbar where I had it laid out. Um, so the first night, we stuffed it down in the legs of waders, the sections to keep them wet. And then we, like, halfway buried those in the sand. So it looked like there was, like, a couple dead people. Yeah. In the sand. With their feet buried. Yeah, with their feet sticking out. Yeah. And so then we dug out a big uh, trench and put some plastic down and filled it up with water and put the tusks in there. And that's when he showed up. And he, I mean, he's been to, like, Russia and Siberia. Or Siberia's in Russia. But he's seen stuff. He's seen he's seen some stuff. Like, probably stuff in ice and stuff like yeah, that. Still, like, yeah, like the real deal stuff. And uh, he just, he's standing there going, wow, 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 wow. That's, like, five minutes. Really? Yeah, just wow. And we're like, well, what is it? You yeah, know, yeah. like, we have an idea, but you're the expert. What is it? And he's yeah. like, well, it's a mammoth obviously because of the curve of it it's not a mastodon because it'd be a big straight thing he's like i do they I, live at the same time do you know yeah they're pretty concurrent different habitats um mastodons are like kind of like bulldozers they'd live in a forest and you know eat woodier stuff than a mammoth was supposed to yeah um mammoths eat more like grass and stuff like that but so he's like i got bad news for you we know it's a mammoth but we don't know what kind of mammoth you guys are gonna have to find some teeth some molars mm-hmm and so that was kind of a letdown because, I mean, how often do you find a chunk of a mammoth sitting around? Like, we, well, we got to do what? You know? Yeah. Did, did you go back to the spot? So my uh, professor that same year on December 26th, he went back and he got in the creek and it was low. Jeez. He had waders on. Yeah. Um, was I was low. wondering if they dam it off and pump out the water and like... We talked about that, but, you know, resources are kind of limited and... Uh, from looking at the site, like it, it was pretty evident that the creek that the mammoth probably died in and got washed down was running perpendicular to the current flow of the creek. Mm-hmm. So there were probably could be in a field there. somewhere mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah, interesting stuff. So this is like, what's the stat on it? Because I know it's maybe you're not for sure, but like you had a rough idea what the like the the standings the of standings it, I of the yeah yeah i mean there's not like a a, a leaderboard on this sort of thing there should it, be man it's, it's up there it's got to be what would you would you say top 3 and then north america it's one of the one of the biggest ones in north america and one of the last ones as far i want to be clear and say as far as woolly mammoths go mm-hmm. cuz somebody'll jump up in the comments and be like well there's there's colombian mammoths and their tusks are 16 feet long or whatever but completely different species completely different part of the country yeah um but yeah, it's it's 
really big. What did anyone ever break down the odds of you finding that in Illinois? Like it's got to be one in five billion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What Maybe the it's odds not that rare, but there's a lot of stuff around. There's just a lot of stuff. You just got to know it's there and be yeah, looking for it. That shows my ignorance to it. You know, I it, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I hadn't really thought about it before we went out there like a week before and I helped clear trails out to this spot because they'd never used it as like a research site or anything before. Yeah. And we're standing there and I'm sure the water was lower at the time. I'm sure we were standing there looking at the thing and like talking about fossils that you could find in the Creek. Yeah. Like here could be, you know, there could be a horse tooth or, you know, just whatever sloth skull, like my buddy found not too long ago, which is super cool. Yeah, that's crazy. Let's get, I want to get to that. But uh, what's going on with this test now? There's something going on with the museum that it's in. And so unfortunately, uh, Lincoln College, where I found it and who uh, donated it to the state, it was on their property. They were uh, victims of a cyber attack that has some ransomware or something. They, they couldn't have access to their admissions data and all kinds of stuff like that for months. And so... Um, their their enrollment projections for the fall weren't where they thought they were and other contributing factors the college has to close really and so the talk is and i don't know if this is a thing this is probably about like you just throwing out a, a promo code while you're sitting here with a sponsor and not consulting with them but the talk is that they're going to take it they're going to build an exhibit around it at the state museum okay about the day um that it was found and like how everybody can you know, if you're just out there looking around, everybody can find something. Yeah. You know, it might not be an 11-foot-long mammoth tusk, but, but there's something out there. There's something out there for everybody to find. So is there anything that we need to do as supporters of Judd and this mammoth tusk? Like, do we need to, like, start a riot to, like <laughs> – I mean, there's really – what could you do with this mammoth tusk? I mean, it's it's got to be in a museum, right? Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. There's nothing else that, you know, that, it, that could happen with it, really. Uh, it's – just based on the size of it. We could put it in the studio. You bump your head on it at some point. We put it up on the ceiling. <laughs> it's it's so big. I just... 11 foot? Yeah, 11 foot 6, I think. Um, <laughs> something like that. It's like stupidly big. It's it's obnoxious. It really is. I went down and it's... I don't go down there that often. I went down and saw it with some friends and their the little boy wanted to see it for his birthday, so I took it and showed it to him. And every time I walked into that library where it was at, I was like, oh, it's way bigger than I remember it being. Really? Yeah. It's pretty incredible. I want to go down and see it. Yeah. So hopefully that all gets sorted hopefully out. Hopefully they'll get it back on display. We'll get some people seeing it. We'll get some people realizing that they can get out there and they can find stuff. Yeah. And so yeah. where will it be? Hopefully, if just a reminder for everyone listening. The the main Illinois State Museum uh, exhibit should be, I think. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's crazy. I, I'm kind of out on the loop on that. Last time I was down there and talked to anybody, they were getting ready to have meetings about it. So yeah. I just haven't really checked in. Man, you should be involved in that stuff. That's your, it's your tusk. I should be, but, you know, there's it's in good hands. The good news is that the guy that's in charge of that is with the same guy that helped put it all back into one piece, and he helped with the display and all that stuff. So he's, he's got a, some sentimental. He's a to good it. dude. Yeah, he's been involved with it from the beginning, and I trust him to, like, do the right thing. Do the right thing in the spirit of the discovery and all that stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Your name's on it at least, right? Yeah. That, okay. That's cool. They, they like me down there. They should. <laughs> they should like you. I, yeah. I just, I think it's an interesting story and you just don't hear about that shit. Yeah. Um, what else have you found that's wild? Just talking about, we're just BS and we're having, just um, talking about whatever, but. So like, 
uh, my buddy that found the sloth skull, he went down there because they were going to 3D scan it and 3D print it because he wasn't um, signing it over to the state, but he wanted them to have a record of it. Yeah. And so he was down there at the like state museum. Sloth, like what you think is a sloth? No, like a giant ground sloth. Like No idea what that is. I'm going to pull it up, though. Pull it up. Like Illinois giant ground sloth? Yeah, just put like uh, Harlan. Yeah, giant ground sloth fine. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll come up. You'll see, and you're going to be like, what? Okay. Oh, it's like a bear. Yeah. It's it's the reason what? locust locust trees have thorns. What? Are you kidding me? No. Like, is this an accurate representation next to this guy? That's uh, that's probably a South American one, but they were about that big. They're not a small animal. So, how big are we talking? Um, like, how big would this sloth weigh? Do you think? I'm just winging it here. I think I've seen them where they weigh like 3,600 pounds. What? Like, Maybe a little bigger than that. It's an Ice Age animal? Yep. That's it. Like, look at the skull on that thing, and like, no one would ever, ever think that was anything unless... Okay, I'm going to screenshot this so I can... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's like a bear, kind of. Yeah. Super heavy bones. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the animal that it... Do you have a photo of this sloth that he's got, of the sloth skull? Yeah, I do. Do you have it on your phone? Yes. That's something we, we probably need to put in the podcast yeah. on the video side. Well, so how did he find it? Where did he find this He's thing? a creek walker, like me. He's just in a creek. Yeah, fact. he's just in a creek. He's probably walked every bit of Sugar Creek. And okay. it's, it's I can say that because that's where the mammoth site is, and that's where the environmental center is and all that stuff. So it's not really a secret. Yeah. Um, so talk about spot burning. But, but what yeah. about this spot for like... Ice Age animals. It just, it's, well, let's see. How do I, hmm. So the glacier came up, and it's probably where it stopped, stopped, like, and, and then started to recede again. Is only about five miles north of where I found the mammoth, probably. Okay. And so what you get there was the original ground was just like a braided stream, like on the north slope of Alaska. Mm -hmm. just, just imagine just water trying to get away from a glacier and there's yeah. not really a main channel. It's just getting pushed. Just gravel. Just a ton of gravel with some little hummocks and, you know, some spruce trees and some crap growing up like in the middle of it on little islands. But then as the glacier receded, um all of this uh, rock flower that ground up kind of settled out of the atmosphere. And that's why we have like 10 feet of topsoil mm, right mm -hmm. here in the spot, as I understand it. And so these creeks cut clear down to that gravel layer in a, in a pretty broad way. I mean, like anywhere else, you'd probably call them a river. They're real good sized creeks. Mm, you get mm -hmm. a good big bands of gravel that are exposed and just easy to find stuff. If you know what you're looking for, there's just, you know, you walk the creek, oh, there's a you know, horse. You find horse bones, like, you would not believe. They're everywhere. You can find bison. Like wild horses? Um, or like just a dude lost a horse and it died in Sugar Creek? <laughs> it, it could be either, and it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> right, yeah. How would so, you like, know? you find a horse bone, you're like, you know, you can scratch it on your tooth and see if there's mineral replacement, and it's still just a horse bone, like, big whoop. Buffalo, uh, another buddy of mine, found a bunch of elk sheds. See, that that's mind-blowing in Illinois. Yeah, they were here. I mean, they were here, I, I can't remember the number of like 400 years ago. Maybe they were extricated. Yeah, maybe, I believe that. Maybe not that long, but. So what um, Chase Burns is actually telling me, uh, the, our community is now familiar with Chase Burns. His buddy yep. found, I think it was him telling me, his buddy found an elk shed and you could see like the burr and the first brow and stuff. Yep. And 
Like you can cl- clearly tell what it is. Clearly tell. There's no mistaking it at all. That's crazy it's, to me. It's pretty neat. So what, how did he find the sloth skull? Like he was he like that's a sloth skull, or was he like what the hell is this? He he thought it was a giant beaver. Yeah, I can see that from these pictures. If anyone's curious, if you're listening to this at work, just Google giant ground sloth, and you'll you'll see what we're talking about here. But yeah, I can see he thought it was a big beaver. Yeah. So look, but like the thing about it, this is it's it's incisors like its front teeth have a big gap in them because it had a big old prehensile lip that it would like grab plants with. And so there's like, uh, like a gap in its face where it could pull stuff in and like eat it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, the beaver, you know, if anybody's seen a beaver skull, its front teeth are right next to each other. They're mm-hmm. like bright orange, chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. Knocking trees down. Yep. Um, except chomp, it's like, chomp, chomp. like the size of a Volkswagen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I looked at, it, I was like, yeah, I got bad news. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a giant beaver. That's a ground sloth skull. That's great news. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I don't know how that's bad news or not, but. Oh, so this, they are gapped out. Yeah. What is going on? Like that? Yeah. It's weird. That's an alien. Yeah. It, like you can't tell where the eyes would be really. They're not where you think. They They're almost be. on the front of the face, but still on the side. Mm-hmm. The, see, this is nothing to do with deer hunting. I know it's on deer cast. But this is, it's really, un- if you're listening to this in the Midwest, the South, it's under your feet. It's pretty incredible. It's there. You just got to kind of know what you're looking for. See, this stuff is so neat to me. Like, can you imagine shed hunting? Like I walk through creeks, like, you know, with rubber boots on, just looking for, you know, that's a good spot to check. Like, you know, I think you're talking about a bigger creek, you yeah. know, like some of the creeks are between here and oh, dude, I'll walk any creek, <laughs> but you, you know, like some <laughs> yeah. you can see in them and you like. It's kind of fun to look around, see what's in there. And I found sheds laying in water just yeah. from them jumping it down into a creek or across or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, it, this type of stuff was never on my radar until we did the Mammoth Tusk podcast with you 100 episodes ago. Yep. It, at all. Yep. I, I think from my perspective, it's like it's all underground or all the stuff's been found already because mm-hmm. there's so many people outside all the time. Sure. But that's not true. It's not true. It's it's there. There's so like there's so much of this stuff out there. It's just wild. It's crazy. Look, something will blow your mind. Uh, Google uh, stag moose. This is bucket list for me. You won't even believe how these things antlers looked. Oh yeah, like one of these things. Mm-hmm. So was this? Uh, oh, like right here. Is that like similar to like what an Irish elk was? Yeah, something similar. Because Irish elk used to live around here as. They're oh. European. Oh, well, that makes sense. But Yeah, we didn't have, have those around here. This was a North American animal? Yep. We had those running around Illinois here. It's an elk moose. Yeah, it's weird. Super weird. Have you ever heard of anybody finding something like that? I have not. There are there are complete skulls and complete sets of antlers. Like, we're looking at skeletons right there that people have found. but It's pretty incredible, man, Like what, what exists or what has existed. Can you imagine that was a an animal nowadays <laughs> we'd be chasing it we would be chasing it but it's like what went wrong for that animal you know like what happened yeah did, is that something that went extinct when when everything else did yeah. yeah i mean like like bison were like one of the only things bison musk ox uh your few different kinds of reindeer seems like all the really big you stuff know what this died. looks like you know the uh what is it the missouri monarch that big ass crazy buck that got sh- or got hit by a car yeah it has a crazy like upward rack yeah it's like if that was a moose yeah <laughs> that's what it reminds me of yep 
It's pretty dang cool, man. Like some of the animals, like the what ifs of like what big game hunting could have had or like oh. modern conservation practices could have prevented and helped thrive. Like let's look up Irish elk. We're just, we're just having fun here. I like this like laid back type stuff. I got a funny story about an Irish elk um, down at the research and collection center for the state museum. It's where they keep all the cool stuff that they don't have room for on exhibit, mm -hmm. but they've just got like big archives full of cool stuff. Yeah. So for a long time and nobody that's there at the time that I was there and saw it knew that this Irish elk skull wasn't a replica. They didn't know where it came from. It was like all completely stained, like even dark brown, um, like it came out of a peat bog or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so they were just like, okay, it's probably a replica. There's no reason why this giant 12 foot wide thing that would big? be just sitting on a shelf. In yeah. Here. It's huge. I'll have to find this is down in Illinois. Yeah. They got it on. So the story they told me was they traded it uh, for something else from a museum in Kansas. Mm -hmm. And it probably came from Europe somewhere, but it's enormous. They were going to put it in the kids museum for kids to like climb on and play on and whatever. <laughs> and when they were moving it, they broke the base of one of them. And was like, this is the thing is, this is real, real, like of an, of an Irish elk. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Like this? Yeah. Bigger than that. Are you kidding me? Way bigger than that. Like that cartoon version next to it. It's what it looks like with the points broken off. Huge. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What's what um Irish elk compared to wow, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a fun behind the scenes story. That's yeah. It's um man, can you imagine? Like uh an <laughs> Irish elk. That's that is bigger than that's bigger than a Yukon bull by a lot. By a lot. Just can you imagine if that existed existed today? Like how much would an oh yeah I uh, I just booked an Irish elk hunt, Judd. <laughs> yeah, trophy Irish elk. You hunt. want to go with it? Cost me eight well, nine hundred inches of antlers. Yeah. Something stupid. Oh yeah, it cost me three hundred and forty grand. To <laughs> it'd probably be more than that, you know. But yeah. but maybe not. I mean, conservation practices are in. Look what red stag can grow. Yeah. Look how big some elk can get. You yeah. know, it's um, it's very believable. Yeah, just imagine if you put that thing behind a fence and poured some protein feed to it. <laughs> just the mineral blocks out there for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's the uh, Irish elk territory into Russia. Mm-hmm. All of Europe into southern Russia, northern, north Middle East, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty incredible, man. This type of stuff is fun to think about. I don't. I think it. I was a lot of things. I think it doesn't get thought about a lot mm -mm. because. But man, can you imagine if like, imagine right now? Hopefully, this never ever happens. I don't think it will because conservation and good people. Imagine if Yukon moose. Imagine moose in general, just disappeared, and then your kids are older, and you're like, man, there was these things that existed mm -hmm. when I was a kid, and you told them about. They'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. It'd almost be like the same type of thing, you know? Exactly, yeah. It'd be You couldn't even wrap your head around it. Like you go into a Cracker Barrel and there's one hanging on the wall. <laughs> Dad, what's that? <laughs> right. Oh, back in my day. Yeah, those were a thing that walked around. Yeah, for some reason, Cracker Barrel's around in the future. But can you... Yeah, right. Yeah, Cracker <laughs> Barrel's still around, but we lost the meese. Um, <laughs> but, man, you imagine if, like, find the shed to an Irish elk. That's no. so cool to think about. I mean, you hear of guys finding, like, teeth of different stuff and mm -hmm. uh, just different... I don't know. I didn't know what to call them. Like, 
you find antlers that are old. Mm-hmm. That some how can an antler get chewed on from one spring and it's almost gone? Yep. And there's guys finding Irish elk antlers. That's what you got to think about, like the the really specific conditions that'll preserve an antler. Yeah, like that's what me and my buddy talked about. That found the elk sheds is like there's not a chew mark on them. I don't. How does that happen? It's just got to be perfect. It's perfect. Must have just been lost in water. And Must just, have been covered up, and there wasn't any oxygen to it. Because my so, thing is, my thing is, what I think about an antler in water is, I'm gonna pull that thing out. And it's gonna smell worse than anything. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but bacteria and I don't know what it is about antlers that get wet. They were in the water. Oh, they're so horrible. I, I, uh, I think some some antlers are more porous than others. Yeah. So it must just be you know like when you kill a buck, you can feel it has like a porous rack, yeah, yeah. and then some are just hard headed mm-hmm. feeling. It's got to be like that. I think a hard. It's just got some funk in it or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it, yeah, I, the first thing I did when he handed it to me was smell it. Like I put my nose right on. I was like, I think it's got a reek. Nope. It had to have just been like fell in the water mm-hmm. heavy enough that it just got covered in like silt. Yep. And just sank into the mud where it just sealed it up. And because did he see it sticking out or is that something he like tripped into? Do you know? Yeah. It's like it's it's sticking out of like a. After a flood, it was up in like a little small brush pile. Oh, it got up out of the water. Yeah, it was almost like it was stood there, like somebody put it there, even though nobody in their right mind would find an elk shed in Illinois and leave it there for somebody yeah. else to find, you know? So it's kind of propped up. And he sent me the pictures of it where it was. And like looking at it, you're kind of like, your brain doesn't compute elk shed right away. And like, yeah, oh, no, oh, oh, man, it's, it's right there. Holy crap, you know? Yeah, I think it'd take me like 10 minutes to believe like, how, why did I find an elk shed mm-hmm. in Illinois? Yep. You know what excites me most? I think this is, I love this type of conversation, but what excites me most about it is I'm hoping this engages listeners to maybe come forward with something they found or yeah. a buddy found. Yeah. And maybe what we can do is like in the comments on DeerCast or whatever, see how many, like what the tally is. Like, so if you're listening to this, you know, if somebody found something cool, listening or watching, let us know what they found. Yep. Picture if you can. And yeah, and state. Yeah, no, so, don't be specific. You know, we're not going to send the authorities after you. Yeah, just be like, hey, I found, <laughs> he found, a, I know a guy. Yeah, even be vague about it. Mm-hmm. I know a guy who found a whatever tooth. We think it's a whatever tooth in Alabama mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah, and I've gotten pretty good at, at figuring out what stuff is too. So, I mean, if you post a picture and you're not sure, I can try to help find out. I've got resources to tell you what's up. Did this type of thing, like, it had to perk your interest to do research on, like, Ice Age type animals and just ancient type animals like this a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, I always like dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I always loved dinosaurs. When I was a kid, I could tell you every damn dinosaur there was. And, you know, I kept getting my dreams crushed because everybody, I was like, I want to find a dinosaur. But I'm like, well, you're not going to find one in Illinois because when the dinosaurs were here, there was an inland ocean and all you're going to find is shells. Yeah. Just marine fossils. I'm like, well, that's kind of lame. So, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, there's ice all this big cool stuff like i don't even know all the animals that were walking around here this is just stuff i know off the top of my head there's crazy it's hard to research it yeah i mean you just got to kind of know what you're looking for like there's like at different time periods like this reaches back a little further than when i found my mammoth like twelve thousand years ago you get back you know a couple three hundred thousand years ago there's some weird stuff how how old was your tusk eleven thousand three hundred i said like two three hundred years i was bullshitting but it's like (laughs) That's it's hard really to wrap, recent. That's hard to wrap your head around, though, that's too. One, it's one of the last ones. Yeah, well, like previously they thought it was 22,000 years was like the date the last mammoth died in the Great Lakes region. And so we had it radiocarbon dated, and they are like, well, that's wrong. So let's saw a piece off of the tooth and sent that off, and it came back same date. 
No kidding. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is... It, it changed the textbooks on what people think about mammoths and, and other megafauna. Is your name in a textbook anywhere that you know of? <laughs> no, but like if I see like the articles in National Geographic or it, it, somebody pulls a mammoth up out of the ground or a mastodon or anything or talks about megafauna now, like they use that 11,300-year date. Oh. I'm like, it's not my name. Judd McCollum's like, recent discovery... Yeah. Not that you care about that stuff, but no. I want my boy to have some credit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get to be here talking about it. I'm, a, I'm happy It's pretty dang cool, man. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I was going to ask you something about it. I got Doug calling me. He must be at the studio. <laughs> Locked out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get in. You got a key, dude. Um, oh, dang it. I, I'm drawing a blank. I was going to ask you one more question about what you found, but, uh, well, gee dang, I forgot. But it's just cool, man. It, it gives you high hopes to, like, you could find something. But I think it's funny. You're never going to find a dinosaur. You found a dinosaur, dude. I had somebody say to me, one of these days you're going to be walking around out there and you're going to find a coin that's worth a million dollars. Like, oh, I found something better. I don't know what it does. That's got to be worth more than a million. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like putting numbers on things. I hear you, dude. It's not worth it. Things start getting kind of squirrely. It's not worth the energy. Nah. Well, I think it's cool, man. Um God dang it. I was going to ask you something, and I... And it was going to be good, too. It was good. I, I, I mean, we'll never know now. When you remember it later, you can call me, and then you can just patch that in on <laughs> yeah, this podcast. I'll just stitch in our our, <laughs> our phone call on that. Yep. Yeah, I'm curious to see what other people have found. Yeah, me too. It, you know, this kind this of fall, to me, this falls in line with shed hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you're doing the most looking outside. And, yep. like, I, I, I wanted to find... I want to find a clean, good arrowhead on my own. Mm-hmm. But... It's got to be when I'm shed hunting because I'm never just waltzing around in creeks yeah. really other than when I'm shed hunting. And this, this is a great thing, too. You don't have to be just shed hunting like a lot of guys. You know, they'll float down a river in the summertime. Yeah. You know, throw back a few beers, get out on the sandbar, and, you know, sit around and have a party. Kick around. Look at, just take a walk. Look yeah. around. It just look at things, really. Just look at things. Yeah, I can't tell you how. I used to go on a, or I go on those little float trips with people every year. And, you know, while everybody else is standing around in knee-deep water with their with their drinks i'm you know just kind of sawing around looking at stuff and all. yeah it's really funny because <laughs> like I, i've been with people that had no idea i found that mammoth tusk and uh like i'll walk up and i'll have like you know part of a cow skull or something and a few odd bones and throw them in the bottom of my canoe or whatever and yeah it's like oh yeah where's that gonna get you i was like well you know how you get to carnegie hall you gotta practice hey it's cool though you know and if somebody gets real snarky at me i'll pull out a picture and be like hey it's that's what i'm doing yeah suck it kind of shuts them up <laughs> well have, have you found a lot of like arrowheads and stuff like that i don't really have an eye for arrowheads i found a handful um i find the, our farms are covered in chert flakes so really? I, I found i got bags and bags and bags and bags full of chert flakes but well, what's, what's a chert flake it's like when they're napping the flint oh and it, it's just a little piece that pops off yeah yeah and you can definitely tell that it was worked yeah and I just, I have zi- like gallon Ziploc bags of them. No kidding. My wife hates them. <laughs> Are they worth anything? No, I just, they call it debitage. Debitage. That's the word for it. It's debitage. It's just the byproduct of making projectile points. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Cause it's like, it makes me think like, how old was that arrowhead we found the other day, turkey hunting? I know people that could tell you. You know, I date it, tell you where it came from. I found a point over by Macomb um, and they told me it came from Southwestern Missouri based on the type of napping and no the shape of it and the kind of rockets made out Got of it. hunters just traveled up that far and was on a trade route yeah. shot it at something or missed or, or dropped it or that's the fun thing to think about yeah yeah it's like when you find them like how old is that thing is it 200 years old is it 120 years old is it, i mean 
It's got to be older than that. I'll get a picture of it from you, and we'll I'll, I'll find out. Say a hundred years. It's like seems like a long time. Hundred years is not very long. Not that ago. long. Harley Davidson's are older than a hundred years. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's yeah. like you, you think a hundred years from when you were a kid seems so crazy. Mm-hmm. And as you're an, an adult, it's like hundred years is not that not long. That time. Long, yeah. Because that's just over one like lo- one person's long, long lifespan. Life. You know. 200 years is not a long time. Not at all. 300 years is just over three generations of people. I don't mean blue collar dudes don't seem to make it that long, but that's just because <laughs> that's just because the nature of the beast, you know, yeah, yeah. and we like to have t- too much fun, I think, while we're here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, man. Fun conversation. I'm hoping there's some feedback from listeners and oh, viewers yeah. on this, you know, mm-hmm. we'll kind of gauge and see where everything's at, whether it's in DeerCast, a lot of those pitcher comments, if they're if, I'm hoping people have stuff they're willing to share. Yeah. I remember what I was going to ask you. Okay. See how that just comes back? Uh-huh. It's a little silly. And maybe I asked you this on the first one, but it's been long enough. I'm fresh to ask you again. Okay. Do you believe in Bigfoot? I believe there was something that was here, and it's in our, like, ancestral memory, you know, mm-hmm. from having to deal with it for a long time. Yeah. There was something like a Bigfoot. Okay. And like, you know, the Native American legends and all that stuff and the Nepalese that have their Yeti legends. Yeah. Like they're a lot more connected to the land. There was more of a, uh, like a, like a verbal tradition of storytelling. Yep. So yeah, I, I think there was something very much like a Bigfoot and it made such an impression on different groups of people that like it, it still carries on, you know, the full, the folklore of it. Yeah. But you like right now today, I don't, I don't think so. I'd like there to be, but I just don't really think so. The idea of it's really fun. Yeah, it is. It could be out there. I'm not going to say it's not, you know. I used to be, like, 10 years ago, I was like, there's a Bigfoot. Yeah. The more I hunt and the more I'm in the woods and the more people I talk to and ask them, mm-hmm. like, I like to bring that up. And a lot of people, like, it can kind of ruin credibility for you if you bring up the Bigfoot thing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's a fun, lighthearted question. It is. Because some people, one person could be like, get the hell out of here with that. That's, uh, that's stupid. Don't even talk to me about it. Yeah. And then I've had people like entertain it. Mm-hmm. We've had police officers, very credible, smart people mm-hmm. that have told legit Bigfoot stories on this podcast. Yep. And I'm like, dang. I mean. it's, it's Yeah, it's hard to argue with. Hard to argue with them when they, they're like, I saw a Bigfoot, dude. You mm-hmm. know, like, you can't be like, dude, you're dumb. Yeah. You know, clearly he's not dumb, but yeah. what did he see? It's just really weird. Like, I don't want to discredit any of those stories, but, like, there was one, yeah, you know, a while back in Canton, pretty close to where I'm from, and, like, people came to investigate, and, like, it's like Bigfoot in Canton, Illinois, like, probably not. Probably not. Like, I I, always, I think about a lot. This is kind of a, 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 an aside, I guess, but, like, I think about how, you know, we've, we know almost everything about, like, if you're a farmer, you know, everything about your property. Yeah. And yet there's white tailed deer running around out there that elude us and we don't have any control. Over yeah. It. And it's, it's fun to think about like in this day and age, they're still out there. There's still wild stuff. There's still a mystery. Yeah. But like if there was a Bigfoot walking around Canton, Illinois, somebody would have shot it and have it in the back of a pickup truck. Somebody would. <laughs> you know think. what I mean? Trail cams eliminate a lot of that. I wonder. In the Mountain West, in like boreal forest of Canada, I'm a lot more open to maybe there could be something going on. Cause I, I, like, I agree with that. You know? Yeah. But not here. Yeah. You always see like <laughs> Bigfoot hunters out in Washington State. And yeah. It's like, yeah, your chances there if there is. 
So here's a funny thing. So Tim Wells had a video of him. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He grabs the camera away from the cameraman and he's shooting this thing. And I had a joke I've known him my whole life. And I was like, you know what? I believe Tim Wells saw a Bigfoot because he's not that good an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever talked to him about it? I haven't talked to him about that. I'm talking about other stuff. I've never talked about the Bigfoot, but I mean, something, something's on. going on, but he's kind of a squirrel. So. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I know what clip you're talking about. Yeah. It's, probably, it's, it's pretty wild. I think it's bullshit. It might be somebody in Bigfoot mask. I don't know, but. TV guy. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's just fun. No, hate. I'm not hating on him. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. <laughs> I think, uh, did Ralph and Vicky do something like that back in the day? I I don't know. I really don't know. I don't, I didn't watch a lot of that. It was like a trail cam video. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. So. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> people calling me. Everybody's blowing you up. I know. Did you know I'm podcasting? And then my, I'm getting that notification on my phone, on my computer, and I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's been happening for three weeks. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh, I think that Bigfoot conversation is big fun. Fo- yeah, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. I would love for one to exist. Yeah. But I just don't know nowadays. I don't think so. They'll turn one up. I know Joe Rogan talks about the Gigantopithecus a lot, but that was a legit that's, thing. It's a legit thing. It's out there. That's a Bigfoot. And I mean, the story of them finding that, like the teeth were in a jar in a, in a, basically a Chinese drugstore or whatever. Yeah. And they just been there for, cause you know, China's been around forever. They just been there for a couple thousand years or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, science is like, wait, what, what's this thing? And now, you know, it, it's kind of explains, you know, why little kids are scared of the dark. Like it probably saved a lot of little kids when we were climbing around in trees, you know, probably did. So you can't things you can't see into are kind of scary yeah that's why water there's a reason for it there's yeah yeah it's in it's in our dna at one point you're a monkey that couldn't swim so <laughs> right you know what i mean yeah and there's so bigfoot's trying to steal babies at night in the village <laughs> right <laughs> i enjoyed the conversation yep, always this stuff's always kind of fun we're i was due we're, we're due for this on our whole platform no matter what series you're listening to for a bs session about something like this a little lighthearted. yeah but it really interesting Mm-hmm. And we we're all outdoor people. We spend a lot of time in the woods. Sometimes you find some really interesting stuff. Yeah. So you're not a loser if you're curious <laughs> about the natural world around you. Doug got a lot of, a lot of flack for being a bird watcher. I'll take that burden away from him. I'm a bird watcher. I like. Are birds. you? Yeah. See, two things I'm going to try and do better at. Mm-hmm. And it's just I need to. I want to know my birds a little more because mm-hmm. you see a bird, you're like, well, what kind of bird that is? Mm-hmm. And trees. Yep. I need to get better at both. And one thing I'd like to do, identifying snakes is something I always have issues with. Oh, yeah. I just, it's always, but I feel like I've texted you pictures of snakes. Yep. Like, what is this? You're like, oh, it's either this or this. Uh-huh. But it's like, where's Sometimes the, it's kind of hard to tell. That's what I mean. It's hard. Like, I just yeah. want to know. I'm like, oh, that's for sure this. Yep. And then you find the little, like, worm snakes or whatever they are. Uh-huh. Yeah. I find those all over my yard. Yep. Those little blandings, little tiny, tiny, tiny brown snakes. Yeah. Yeah. They're neat. And I'm always like weird about picking them up because I don't know what they are. Yeah, they're pretty neat. Some like the most venomous little snake in the world. No, nope. dead in five it, seconds. It's not here. And I, I've talked about Howard on on uh, Steve's Patreon podcast, but I got a buddy, and he swears that there's you know water moccasins and copperheads and everything out at Lake Story in Galesburg. Yeah, I'm like Howard, if you bring me a, a copperhead or a water moccasin from Lake Story, I will give you ten thousand dollars. You didn't think they live around here? They're at all? not here. They're not really? here. I've been outside in water my entire life. Like if you follow my Instagram stories, I have people asking me if I have a house and actually sleep indoors. <laughs> You're just barbaric. Because I'm just, I was a feral child. 
That's like, cool though, I, man. I was. I've never. I, well, I I had to move to to Alabama to see a water moccasin. Like, really? I'm not saying they don't exist in far southern Illinois. Yeah. When I was growing up in Fulton County, the old timers talked about um, timber rattlers being in the cliffs along the Spoon River in Knox County. Funnily enough, that's where I live now, and I would love to see one. Been there uh, ten years now. My uncle accidentally years ago. At, well, his either he ran over or his buddy did, but he has a picture of him holding a timber. But he's down in like Shawnee. Yeah. So they're there. Yeah, they're there. A, a timber rattler. Yeah, timber rattler. You yeah. might get some uh, some. Uh, I don't know about copperheads or water moccasins down that far. Yeah, the far south of Illinois. So what are the big, snakes. scary looking snakes you see swimming in creeks up here? They're brown water snakes. That's all it is. Yeah, might be a prairie king that's just crossing the creek. You know, yeah. there's. There are some snakes that have uh, rear fangs that have a little bit of irritating venom, but it's nothing that's going to send you to the hospital. Nothing up here in the northern third of Illinois that can kill you. No. Good to know. Unless some crazy bastard turns something loose. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, good to know. Well, Judd, where can the people find you? Um, Judd McCullum on Instagram. Um, people friend me on Facebook, but I am barely on Facebook. And Working Class Bowhunters Facebook group. That's, yeah, that's, I'm there. It's a pretty good, easy way to talk to you. If you want to give me any grief about anything I've said, I'm there. Just tag me. and We never got into your... Um, What's that? Your milkweed thing. Oh, yeah, the milkweed. We'll save that for next time. Okay, we'll save it. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. This was fun. I'm glad to be here. Happy to be here. Good conversation. Fun conversation. A little different. Yep. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this change of pace. We're kind of between turkey season and whatever the hell, food plots and whatever else you should be doing. Yep. Um, so hope you enjoyed this. Get in the comments on DeerCast, um, the Facebook group, mm -hmm. on our page, whatever, anywhere. If you found something interesting, it could be anything. Anything. Even if it's something like man-made, that's interesting. Post yeah. it. Uh, we just want to see it, and that might stem up part two of this laid-back relic type <laughs> podcast yeah so thanks everyone for watching listening you know what to do go shoot a giant or find a mammoth tusk or uh, a giant sloth ground sloth or whatever the hell whatever yeah get out there thanks guys i'm will cooper and you're listening to hunt stands make your mark podcast on the waypoint podcast network Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.